Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Forgotten Events. This is your host, Katie. It always amazes me how people just vanish. I know I say that a lot, don't I? But it always amazes me how people vanish. This story is about three friends out on a hike and one walking just ahead of the other two ends up a missing person. This is the story of Polly Melton. The date was September 25th in 1981, around 3 p.m., when 58-year-old Thelma Polly Pauline Melton went hiking with two of her friends, Red and Trula, on the Deep Creek Trail near the North Carolina side of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. The three were always hiking together. Polly had been hiking this trail for at least 20 years, and she was familiar with the entire area. The Deep Creek Trail began close to their campgrounds and continued into the National Park area. Deep Creek is located about a half a mile outside of Great Smoky Mountains National Park. The Deep Creek Trail splits about a quarter of a mile in. The right side leads to a picnic area and campground, while the left side of the trail continues into the forest. On that day, the picnic area and campsite were quite busy. There were many people hiking, fishing, camping. They were horseback riding. Polly and her friends walked more than a mile past the picnic area and the fork in the trail. They stopped at a turnaround point where Polly took a break and smoked a cigarette. The friends visited for a while before resuming their hike. As the three headed back to the trailhead at around 4 p.m., Polly suddenly decided to pick up her pace. She got ahead of the other two. Red and Trula kept their own pace and expected to see Polly somewhere just sitting, waiting for them. They knew she would need a rest and could not keep up that fast pace for very long. But her friends did not find Polly anywhere along the trail, just waiting on them. Knowing Polly knew the trail quite well, they were not too terribly worried. The two arrived back at the campsite at around 4.30 and went straight to Polly's trailer. But Polly was not there. No one at the campsite had seen Polly return. On the day she disappeared, she was wearing a white and pink sleeveless striped blouse, tan polyester pants, and sunglasses. She also had a diamond-studded white gold wristwatch and her wedding band. 
Polly and her husband, Bob, spent the fall living in an Airstream trailer at the base of the North Carolina side of the Great Smoky Mountains in the Deep Creek campground. She regarded that area as her second home for more than 20 years. Polly, Bob, all their friends stayed there several months every year before returning to their Jacksonville home. Others at the site were tight, and the group didn't allow any new campers unless they all felt a connection. They kept their area filled with just those that they were close to. Polly had many health issues, and she also suffered from depression. Her mother had died in 1978, and that caused Polly to fall into a deep depression. She visited with her pastor at church and said, quote, she wanted to go to heaven to be with her mom, end quote. During that same visit, she made comments that led the pastor to believe she may have had an extramarital affair and that she felt very guilty about it. However, things seemed to improve for Polly, and by 1981, the pastor said she was in a much better place mentally. Polly's father visited her and Bob in early September of 1981. He and Polly had grown very close over the years, and he stated she seemed normal during their time together. Polly's husband began calling everyone he could think of to see if they had given Polly a ride somewhere, you know, maybe to the hospital. Trula, Red, and two other friends returned to the park and checked the picnic area and the parking lot in hopes of finding their friend there. They hiked the trail again and began asking other hikers if they had seen a woman matching Polly's description. At around 6 p.m. that evening, Trula, Red, and Polly's husband, Bob, reported Polly missing to a park ranger. A large search would be launched involving at least 25 people. They began searching the trail Polly hiked and the picnic area, including the creek that ran parallel to the trail. Polly's friends knew she was deathly afraid of snakes and would not veer off the main trail into the vegetation. It just seemed that if she did veer off the trail, there would have been some sort of indication. Many of the park rangers knew her and described her as intelligent and strong. They stated she was familiar with the area, and they didn't believe she could have gotten lost. She knew her way around too well. More than 150 people searched for Polly over the next week. Search dogs were brought out, and the trail was closed to the public. One of those dogs alerted on a downed tree somewhere near the creek. The handler believes Polly must have rested on that tree, you know, possibly waiting on her friends. I mean, who knows? Although rangers spoke with lots of people in the area, no signs of Polly were to be found. And like I tell my listeners in many of my episodes of people that have gone missing, she 
just vanished. Since two of Polly's health issues were high blood pressure and nausea, it didn't seem likely she could have traveled very far on foot in that short amount of time. Because her medical issues caused her to lose her driver's license, it wasn't likely that she used a car or another vehicle to drive away somewhere. There just weren't any usable tracks to follow. If there were tracks, it might have been a successful trail given Polly's left shoe had a noticeable crack in the sole, which would have made her tracks easy to differentiate from all the other hikers out there. There was one theory floating around, though. It was that Polly ran off with someone she was involved with. She volunteered at a Presbyterian Nutritional Center in North Carolina. The previous four years, she had been serving food to the elderly at that center. Before leaving the center, volunteers would indicate the next day that they would be able to work. This was done by writing down a schedule. Polly always worked on Fridays, but on the day before she disappeared, Thursday, September 24th, she did not write down that she would be returning the following day, as was her normal routine. Her supervisor at the center later revealed something else that was outside of the norm on that Thursday. Polly asked to use the center's phone. She had never asked that question before that day, but on that day, she asked to use the phone numerous times. The supervisor did not overhear the conversations and No charges ever showed up on the center's phone bill. So, unfortunately, authorities were unable to trace the calls that she apparently made. It is possible that Polly was using the phone to arrange for someone to pick her up during the hike. This was actually something I was thinking as I researched this story. It just kept popping into my head. Did someone meet her on the trail and she ran off. This was suggested as a reason for Polly picking up her pace on the hike with her friends. In other words, getting far enough ahead so that they didn't see her interactions with someone she was meeting. And later, in April of 1982, it was discovered that a check was cashed in Polly's name in the Birmingham, Alabama area. The check was for interest due on a bank certificate. Investigators followed up on the lead, but it led them nowhere. They couldn't even prove if it was in Polly's handwriting. And the bank teller couldn't remember who cashed the check or any details. To this day, no trace of Polly Melton has ever been found. She remains another missing person.